Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Hey Hey NWA, where we recap the past year, the whole past year of 2017. Peyton, I'm so freaking excited right now. I, uh, I've been waiting for this day. I don't know if waiting is the right word for it, but the anticipating ex- the anticipation of We've been doing this podcast for a year. It's really, it, it's weird. Kind of blows me away. I, yeah, and I get so much joy from it because I think we've talked about this recently. But it's really great to look back over a year and see that we have produced a thing for a whole year and stuck with it, and stuck with it, and it didn't die except for a couple of times where it did die a little <laughs> bit, but we revived it. It didn't die. It was just like unconscious for a second. Yeah, like it, it took a little nap, a little nap nap. Because pe- people didn't want to talk to us. Anyway, um, God, Peyton, I'm so excited for this because this is like, we've done this for a year. Yeah. We've been friends and coworkers now for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Our friendship has survived the struggles Isn't of that nice? being coworkers. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, somehow. I don't, you know, typically those things fall apart. And Absolutely. Bands break up and go on hiatus. Uh huh. But so, we didn't. We did not. Uh, except for the hiatus that we've been on for January. Yes, that was intentional, though. Intentional. We've been getting things together. Maybe we should talk. Well, number one, Peyton, we are sitting here having a couple of beers, just kind of reminiscing on the last year we've had. And it's really exciting. So. Why not? Let's have a cheers. Cheers for to one year. year of doing the thing we've been doing. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, but then I think then let's let our listeners in on what we've been doing this month. What have we been prepping for? Oh my gosh. We've been prepping for what we call season three. And the thing is we are, we're calling it season three because as you guys might not know, Guys and ladies, I'm sorry. Don't know your gender identity. Um, we are working on um, only working in five-month chunks where we take uh, five months on and one month off. So January was our off month. And then February through June will be our on months. And then July will be off. August through December will be on. And wait, no, July through December. My bad. Whatever it is. We're fine. But we have so much in store we have been working just because it's our off month for releasing episodes does not mean we're not working for Uh sure yeah um we have weekly things that we're tasked to do website wise or social media wise or audio equipment wise well i think even now we're sitting in one of those projects that has come to fruition even after a whole year in this one month, this has come together, which is what, Peyton? It is a real podcast studio. So, listeners, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, and we've had a recording in the studio... We've been lying to you? Yeah, if you haven't been able to tell, um, it's been just my living room. But now we are in my office. 
which is now a podcast studio. We have a table that Peyton built, which I'm so proud of. As someone who builds furniture, Peyton, you did an excellent job. Thank Way you. to it looks go. Great, doesn't it? You built a table. We have monitors. We have notes. We have recording equipment. And for the first time, we have pop filters. <laughs> and we yeah, have... our peas will be a lot better. Yeah. But from now on. This is an example of something that has come to fruition after a year and one month. Absolutely. Maybe just a year of doing this. You we now have a real actual studio in the flesh. Yeah. Extant and, in the world. And progress is only gonna get better because you know, we're trying to get t shirts going, we're trying to get um some more events up and running, some live recordings, vinyl stickers. All sorts of stuff. Of course. And so we are very excited for season three. And can I just say I'm just really happy that our sound quality is really good. Uh (laughs) Because, okay, what we're about to move into is this flashback of the last year of stuff we've been doing. And we've been listening to old episodes. And boy, oh boy. And boy, oh boy, are they trash. The audio is just so rough. But, But the interviews are really great. The interviews are really great. There's some really great humans in those first 10 episodes that are just a little bit rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's great to look back and see progress and growth and all of those sorts of things, which we will get into mm-hmm. um, towards the end of our episode, I assume. Um, but we've got some pull quotes for you guys that we can listen back on the last year and see what we've been up to. Uh, and the things that we've been able to share with you and the conversations we've been able to have and um, the fun that we've had in the last year. Um, so Peyton, any other thoughts before we get started? Um, aside from um, the fact that I'm very excited, um, the other thing I have to say is basically we're going to reflect on this past year and we're going to start with kind of digging into um, different levels of engagement and things that we've learned mm-hmm. from the past year. And so we're going to start with saying, hey, community, what have we learned about being a part of the broader Northwest Arkansas community? What does it mean to be a citizen here? What does it mean to create new things here? What does it mean to just be a part of Northwest Arkansas's community? And then we're going to dive into the more interpersonal aspect of relationship and so that manifests itself in both a belonging sense but also in a collaboration sense Mm -hmm. so how do we relate to one another whether we're trying to make something new and hone each other's craft or just hanging out and chilling yeah and last we're going to dive into kind of what we've learned about self and personal development and this is something i'm excited for because we We'll also have the opportunity to talk about our own development, our own Hey Hey NWA development um, and what we've kind of taken away from this past year. Yeah, which we haven't talked about on the podcast at all. We've talked to each other about it, oh, but yeah. we haven't talked about like personal growth on the show since we started in January of 2017. It's going to be a pretty meta section. I'm really, God, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, and then we're going to end it with some favorite local lowdown moments some bits of our comic genius that will shine through we think we're funny so that's fine yeah (laughs) if you would if you would like to listen to any of these episodes that we reference just scroll up or down or wherever you on your podcast app uh, to check out seasons one and two yeah they're all there and we'll make sure we notate whoever the quote is and where you can find that quote and stuff So anyway, with that, 
I think we should hop in because I'm Peyton. I'm so excited. Let's get started. God, I'm so excited. All right. So community, how we interact with Northwest Arkansas, how we interact with the broader communities that we're a part of. Yeah. And I think this is bigger than how do you engage not just Northwest Arkansas, but maybe how you engage being an American citizen or a citizen of the state of Arkansas or a citizen of the world. Um, And I think this is applicable to any person in any place, probably within the United States. I don't know if you could go broader than that for the stuff that we are going to pick out. But anyway, go ahead, Peyton. No, for sure. Um, I was just going to say that I think a great example of this, um, at least on the political side, is the Friends of Little Sugar Creek. Mm -hmm. So they were a group, they are a group, that is working to undam Little Sugar Creek um, because right now it's dammed up, it's its own pond, and um, in order to uh, make a flow again, the dam needs to be removed. And so they're an initiative here in northwest Arkansas trying to get that undammed and free Little Sugar Creek. Yeah. And the reason that is, is so, and for so many reasons, it's, it's to better the community for public places. It's to better the community for just simply the wildlife so that, you know, disease doesn't grow in that pond and it doesn't get stagnant and, um, the Creek doesn't dry up and all these other reasons. Um, just so many ways that they think that, Hey, if we can get this through, our community will be so much better. And they don't, they don't simply, you know, do it all talk. They would, they're trying to take action. They're taking political action. They're, um, going to council meetings and, um, sending things into city council and trying to get some proposals moved with regards to this. And it's, it's pretty inspirational. Yeah. Well, I think what is fascinating about the friends of little sugar Creek is the fact that it was a group of people who cared about um, their own community. It was, and the wildlife in their community and the, you know, flow of water in their community. They were a, a handful of people who decided like this right here, this is our thing. This is the thing that we will get behind and push. Um, they are, which is what I love is they are lay people taking up the hard work of, you know, philanthropic action in the community. Uh, they are very normal people. And it's interesting to me, actually, it's very inspiring to me that they're not against something, right? They're not, it's so easy to just be against something. And it's so much more difficult to be for something. Mm-hmm. And therefore, undamming Little Sugar Creek. And that is, that's no small feat. They have to actually take action for that. They don't, they don't resist something. They have to actively move in a direction, a positive direction in order to, um, to fulfill their cause. And so it's not easy, but still they see it as something so beneficial to the community, even though they're just like people, they're people like you and me, they're people with office jobs or restaurant owners and so on and so forth. But they're trying to do what they can to advance this cause in a positive direction. Right. I do think though, there is an aspect of that conversation around little sugar Creek, 
where there is a binary of like, is there going to be a dam or is there not going to be a dam? And they have taken up the side of no dam, let the creek run free. But there is a sort of opposition because there was a proposed dam that was going to be replacing the old dam. Sure. And I think this is emblematic of a sort of what if people take up a cause, the good that they can do just being normal people. Because Peyton, what happened to the proposed dam that was supposed to come into town? It failed. It failed. (laughs) And so you have this group of people already in place saying like, we will take up the cause of let's get it open, let's get it running, and let's do the good work of cleaning up the area so that we have a healthy creek and healthy wildlife. Um, So the fact that they are just normal people, they are people who own pizza restaurants and they're people who work for Walmart and they're people who... Sewage, work for like sewage company or the, the state for sewage. They are people who just directed their eyes towards what's going on in the community that I care about and how do I, as an individual, invest in and even allocate my time toward the things that I care about. I think they are just so emblematic of how do you take concern in your own heart and your own head and turn it outward mm-hmm. and uh, make movements towards doing something better. Well, and that's, that's kind of what um, Adam Riley was advocating when we talked to him about feed communities this wasn't his major point, but, you know, towards the end, he was talking more about uh, how we can vote to help um, take steps to alleviate uh, food insecure places and how we can um, advocate for ways to alleviate food insecurity, whether that be through community the gardening and other local initiatives. That supports food subsidy programs is the farm bill. And not not a lot of people know what's in the farm bill, but the biggest part of the farm bill, 60% of what's in the farm bill is actually the the money that goes towards food stamps subsidies, so $800 billion. And the farm bill is coming up for renewal next year in September. So given the current political climate of slash and burn, there's a very good chance that the farm bill is going to be looked at very closely in the, in the following year. Hmm. And uh, I would, I would venture a guess that that food subsidies are probably going to be on the chopping block. People need to be aware of that and people need to make sure that they are talking to their, their representatives about, about the farm bill and that they, that they do, do not. Yeah. It is definitely an actionable, thing that you do in your community you say hey where if there are community gardens how can i you know take my time and invest my time and energy into something like a community garden but i think he takes it a step further in that he says be aware of the policy that's coming down the pipeline and how that policy affects the community that you reside in well and it's easy to be blind to that it's easy to just Move about your day, take care of your kids, feed yourself, whatever it may be, pay your bills, just be focused on that and not realize that, hey, you actually have an influence 
in your community here. And you might think to my to yourself, like, hey, this doesn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. Maybe this policy doesn't affect me directly. Um, but it does affect those in your community. And it might indirectly affect you, but you just don't know. So to at least have the mindfulness to explore that. Yeah, which is difficult. I mean, I admit it's incredibly mm-hmm. difficult because there's so many policies coming down the pipeline from the state or federal level. Um it's hard to keep up with everything and how everything will affect you. I mean, everything from like a tax cut to um, immigration policies to defense policies or education policies or whatever. It's hard to look at the minutia of what is in this tax bill, what is in this immigration bill, what is in this education bill. For me to understand how this specifically applies to my community it's really difficult and it's a full-time job. There are people who make, you know, easily $70,000 a year just interpreting this for the masses. True. You know, and uh, I think in this point, um, especially like with when you talk about policy, I think it's important to listen to informed people, which we are not. Um, so we turn and bend our ear to people like Adam who say, hey, this agriculture bill has this piece of minutiae in it, this small little thing in it. This is important though, that we pay attention to this. And I think uh, what about the thing that he said that maybe sticks with me is like, let's bend our ears to people who are educated in these things and can simplify it for the masses. Um, which I've tried to do in the last year is try to bend my ear to people who can interpret, you know, bills on the federal and state level to how does this affect Zach today in the context he lives in, in Springdale, Arkansas, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think for Adam, I think that's like a good point is be a conscious voter, you know, be conscientious in how you use your vote and vote for the stuff you want to vote for. Like go hard in the paint on how you vote, but just like be informed and, you know, listen when it comes to that stuff. Well, and speaking of kind of listening, so listening to informed voices for sure, but also listening to your community um, is also something that's very important when it comes to existing in a community. And so I just think of our conversation that we had about the Confederate statue in Bentonville and, you know, understanding the situation there is is hairy it's completely difficult difficult and that's exactly what we explored on that episode we played both sides of the coin actually all four sides of the tetrahedral dice yeah the uh whatever it may be (laughs) because there are so many ways that you can deal with that issue you know listening to the community of you know, minorities are offended by this, but it's still a piece of cultural heritage here. Mm. What do we do with it? And exploring all options and not just being so polarizing. Yeah. And just um, being able to kind of get out of a, of being very politically charged or leaning a direction, you know, our loyalties or our talking points. Yeah. Stepping out of that and saying, what does my community need? Yeah. God, that's such a good, that's such a good point, Peyton, is what does my community need? And I think moving out of like those really polarized political positions is a really difficult thing to do, but like having some nuance to an argument or having some nuance to a position is important to have good conversation, which I think for you and I, when we did that episode was a practice for us to kind of see a 
you know, a couple of different th um, views of the situation that we may have not like necessarily agreed with. Oh yeah, absolutely not. But we were able to maybe sympathize or empathize with a position that you or I didn't have um, and help and better understand the quote opposition, sure. um, which turns out to be your next door neighbor. It turns out to be the people that you go and get coffee with, or it turns out to be these people that you work with. Um, yeah, I think nuance and listening is really important for stuff like this because the conversation around Charlottesville and then, you know, rippling out into larger communities in 2017 was a big deal. And mm -hmm. how we listen today is incredibly important. And because listening is kind of underrated today. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my takeaway from the conversation about the Confederate statue yeah. is how do we better listen, you know? So kind of shifting gears a little bit on the community piece, there is an aspect of being in your community that is not necessarily promoting change or anything, but just creating something new, creating something that hasn't been there before that we, whether it be something entertainment wise or, or physical location or business or whatever it may be, creating something new, creating the things that you want to see in your backyard yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's rampant across a lot of our interviews, to be honest. Yeah. I think we lean into this one pretty hard because you and I both, while we may create this podcast, for example, I think where we lean heavy into it is how do we support the things that we want to see and how do we uh, lean in and help promote other people who are doing the stuff that we want to see more of. Um, but yeah, that the notion of like create the thing you want to see in your community just comes out so much in our podcast, which I'm super not mad about because I love the idea of people like doing it, just going and doing it. Yeah, I'd argue that's the almost the biggest point of our podcast is supporting <laughs> those people. And so I'm, I'm not upset that we you know rely so heavily on it. I mean, I could pull any example, but I think of JD and Julia uh -huh. Byram who started Bentonville Sessions. And that's a concert series that they put on themselves that honestly is a nonprofit and everything goes to charity, but they still have enough to break even and donate. Mm -hmm. And that's something that they wanted to see here is, you know, we don't, we have George's, but that's in the amp, but like those are very niche places. And instead of, you know, traveling to Kansas city or Tulsa or wherever in order to get, um, some, some kind of in-between artists. He's like, why don't we bring them here? And the fact that they were at the breaking point of we're going to leave, you know, if we don't see this thing yeah. come to exist. And then they decided that they would be the people to make it exist. Yeah. And, and even they, they provide the service of teaching people in Northwest Arkansas, how to be an audience. Mm. Like they, they, bring these artists in from all over and whatever setting they're in. I remember going to swirl, which is no longer it's, it was an office space in downtown Bentonville. Peyton, we've existed longer than swirl. <laughs> you and I, this podcast has oh, existed longer than swirl. Somehow. Anyway, an upstairs exposed brick office room that they had the artists, Don and Hawks come and play 
and teaching people how to be in that setting where it's an intimate environment between you and the artist and you shouldn't be around socializing. They're the focus of the attention to whenever um, Sean McConnell came and played at the Meteor, which is more of like a, a bigger concert venue. Like they're sure. teaching people how to interact with an artist. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that they want to see in their community. They want to see Bentonville become some, a place where artists want to come and tour and want to come and just stay a day because they feel flattered. They know they have a good audience with them. Um, they know that they'll be paid well and put up well. Like that's something that JD wants to see. Yeah. JD and Julia both want to see. And then you get a good rapport with local musicians who are invited to participate in that and have a receptive audience and also get to perform with some bigger names, you know, from all over the country, which is exciting. Yeah. And, and it's really neat that JD and Julia have this mindset of, Hey, we acknowledge that the music scene isn't going to completely flip over maybe in our lifetime, maybe way down the road. Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas will be a great place that artists pass through or stay at in order to really hone their career. Yeah. I mean, with that, even the thoughtfulness toward how will this still exist in the future? Arkansas stage comes to mind. Hmm. Um, the number of hands that it's passed through, um, even in its short life, um, the fact that Laura was talking about who is it that in this community that I passed this I project. I didn't start it. Uh, I didn't start this company. Okay. Oh, it was yeah. started by uh, Chris Stoker and Sabrina Verosi. They're a married couple. Uh, they, the very first meeting of Arkansas stage was they dragged me over to their house one night. I was so tired cause I was in grad school and they were like, we're reading this play aloud. Come over and we're going to drink wine. And, and I was like, oh, God, all I did today was theater, God. So I went over and we read the play and it was really fun. We had a great time and we sort of dreamed up this thing. And, and um, the unofficial mission statement, you know, the, the formation of the company was so that Chris and Sabrina could hang out with their friends. And at that point, we had, we had gotten some cool gigs. We did one thing that was very special, which was an adaptation of Gertrude Stein's writings that we did at Crystal Bridges. I heard that that was crazy. I heard that was so good. This, this reason to hang out with our friends just became something real. I was still in grad school, and they said, you should continue this. There's energy around it. And I was like, I'm in grad school. So nothing happened for about a year. Then I graduated, and I was like, I need something to do with my life. And so I started producing things. Um, and Sabrina you know, moved away, but she, this is what she would have done too, you know? So I was just sort of taking the baton and moving it down the field. And I honestly hope that I can pass it along um, to somebody. But when some you also, too. at the same time, you talk about um, creating spaces for people and artists to perform and share and make, um, you know, one of my favorite interviews up until this point has been with Chad Moppin of mm -hmm. Cattywampus. Um, and Chad continues to be one of my favorite people who lives in Northwest Arkansas, um, for whatever reason. And I think that's, I mean, you, if you've listened to the show at all, you've probably heard us talk about on the local lowdown or doing one of our live episodes or, you know, even in our interviews, we've talked to Chad, we've hung out in spaces that Chad has created and even been excited about events that Chad was creating. And that that's because 
Chad is another one of these people who recognized a need in his community for artists and makers and said, let's create a space for artists and makers to get together and critique each other's work and learn and grow and get to share their work in a space like Cattywampus. Um, it's not just a development of the craft, which it is a development of the craft, but it's also like a sharing with the community what these artists and artisans are doing behind closed doors for 11 months out of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all of those are awesome examples of just people wanting to create new things in their backyard. And yeah, that kind of wraps up our community section and yeah. the things that have really inspired us to engage our community. Okay, we've talked about community for a little bit. Uh, we're going to move one layer deeper. God, this Peyton, we had like a pre-plan conversation about this, and we talked about how this sounded like a youth pastor pitch for <laughs> like a Wednesday night service. Uh -huh. um, it so, has three points. And it, it's perfect. That, it has three points. I will say they don't spell anything, and they <laughs> aren't all the same letter <laughs> at the beginning. Oh, um, crap. But yeah, this does feel like a youth pastor transition that I'm about to make. Uh, we talked about community for a little bit, um, and we talked about some examples of community and how we practically apply community um, and how we lean into being a part of community. But we're going to move one layer lower, mm. uh, one layer deeper, Preach. and talk about uh, our interpersonal interactions. And this is not just how we interact with the large macro environment around us, but this is how... Zach interacts with Peyton, how Peyton interacts with Zach, how the two of us interact with Elise, or <sighs> I've failed to come up with examples Clearly. because I'm not a good youth pastor. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some interpersonal stuff because I think we are kind of hinting at some of that stuff. So let's move into that. What is What are some things in this last year, Peyton, that have made you think about the way that we interact with other people. Well, first in relationships overall, there, my brain kind of goes to two camps. So there's one camp that is the, Hey, I belong to this community. This is, these are my people that I resonate with that I have similar life experiences with, or just very much connect on a deep level with. But then there's also a sense of relationship that's more on a collaborative sense. So we we are working together to create something. We are working together maybe to encourage one another or give advice to one another. And those are those interpersonal relationships that um, eventually um, culminate in creating something new, maybe. Yeah. But first on the belonging piece, um, I just think of the communities that a lot of our podcast groups, um, our podcast interviewees talked about. And the first one that jumps to mind for me is the Bentonville Islamic Center. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, that was one of our earliest episodes. And, and, I, the, and the audio is kind of trash. Oh, it's very trash. <laughs> but that's still one of my favorite interviews and episodes we've done. It's... It's just such a great 
community, especially knowing that um, there, the Bentonville Islamic Center represents a bunch of different um, lifestyle backgrounds from different countries. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how they come together over food and connect with one another. It's so and, wild. It's so and good. Like throughout the episode, they're like, yeah, even if it's spicy. So there was definitely an inside joke that we missed uh -huh. <laughs> probably before we got there. But they they do community together. They they have this sense of belonging together. Mm -hmm. We are organized under Islam, but we're also in relationship with one another in this. And we're in this together. Yeah. It's, oh man, I just remember the you and I showing up at the Bentonville Islamic Center and sitting down and having that conversation and at points almost being brought to the point of tears, you know, because of the things that they were sharing. And man, thinking about the last year, that's just been one of my favorite interviews. Yeah. Um, and in that, you know, learning a lot about exactly what you said. These are people from different countries who come from different backgrounds and they show up together because they feel connected to pray together. You know, um, their common understanding of a faith life is what draws them together. No, um, we pray to one God and we follow one Quran. You know, there is only one version of it, no matter where you go. And it has the same meaning. So there is no conflict in in, in the you know in what is recited out of the the, the verses of the Quran you know so everybody knows it everybody there's there's no conflict of any kind well we have cultural differences and the way we dress uh, all those different countries and what food we eat so we share we have potlucks in the in the community every month and we in the during the month of Ramadan we have a potluck daily and people from their own ethnic you know backgrounds bring food and everybody eats it no matter you know what the taste is different some are <laughs> spicy some are bland uh some are uh, you know we have not ever eaten those food but everybody shares and so it's it's good to have that kind of culture you know and that you know, oh it's just so rich it's so beautiful you know, absolutely oh man well and i think of this this community in both um, reacting to positive experiences and negative experiences. So um, during our interview, we did talk about experiences where um, like Muhammad's daughter was bullied because she uh, wore a hijab when she was um, going to the University of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that the community, you know, felt. They felt as a whole. It wasn't just Muhammad and his daughter or just isolated their family, but it's within their community. Yeah. But also they're able to celebrate um, the times where, um, you know, they're complimented on um, their contributions to the community. And they're actually, people in Northwest Arkansas express to them that they belong here. Yeah. So they as a community are able to celebrate that as well. And so I, I love how um, that community of belonging is on both sides of the coin, whether mm -hmm. it's a positive experience or negative experience, they experience it together. Yeah. And I think that interview in particular, I've mentioned before to you, Peyton, but um, there was something in that interview, especially talking to Muhammad about the experience of his daughter that, I don't know, man, it was a not having known a lot of Muslim people in my lifetime, um, sitting down and talking to him specifically about my daughter went to school and she was bullied over this thing. Um, 
gave humanity to a group of people that the news had told me was a homogenous group of people who right. are this way and look this way and are this color um, and sitting down and having an actual conversation helped me relate to a group of people that I was not familiar with. And I thought that was, oh man, I thought it was incredible. One of the times that I came close to crying on this podcast, um, <laughs> which we can talk so about later. Times. Um, there were a couple of times where I nearly cried. This was one of them. Well, okay. Sparing times, you know, that you're on the verge of tears. We uh-huh. have other examples yes, of sure, belonging sure, communities. Sure. Uh-huh. They don't all need to be gut-wrenching. Some of them right. are empowering. So right. I'm I'm thinking specifically about um, Vicrack's interview and Ozark Beer's interview. Right. Um, so Bicrack, um, Jeff Charlson talked a lot about empowering your employees and that they're more important than the customer. And as a customer out there listening to this episode, you're like, what? No, I come first. Right. But no, it's about creating a community of belonging in in Bicrack, within mm-hmm. Bicrack and the employees being able to dictate that. And that that's not like a limited belonging. Um, if there's... If the employees are happy, they extend that community and that belonging to the customers as well. Yeah. And also same goes for Ozark Beer. Um, when Marty Shutter was talking, he was saying that their owners encourage them to pursue their gifts and their passions mm-hmm. and whether or not it helps the brewery. Um, I think of, I actually met, <laughs> it's funny, I met Amy Harding. Um, she works for Ozark, met her at Bike Rack. Funny story. Weird. But she's a percussionist, and she uh, moved here from Kansas City and got involved. I remember because I met her when she around when she first moved here. Mm-hmm. And uh, recently, Ozark Beer posted a video of her doing um, a xylophone or, oh, crap, the other one. What's it called? Marimbas? Yes, marimbas. Um, doing a piece on a marimba. And as a part of Ozark beer. Like it's, it's something that they want her to feel like she belongs and that she can exercise her giftings and her talents there. And so that she's a happy camper and she can extend that happiness to the customer as well. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, I also, (sighs) bike rack has been such a good experience for us, which I can talk about later. We can talk about later. Um, I was there earlier tonight you know, and the community that Bike Rack has invited even the two of us into has been a lot of fun. I sat and talked to Morgan, who's a, um, she works the taps at Bike Rack. I sat and talked to her for an hour before I came over here to record this podcast and then went to the back. They're having an event at Bike Rack tonight and talked to our friend Kyle to see if he needed any help setting up for this event, you know, because it's just like, I feel a part of what you all are doing here. And that's because they've extended invitation to you and I, Peyton, to be a part of what's going on at Bike Rack. Um, Mm. And that to me is really exciting. They are doing something good, new, invigorating for the soul and for relationship uh, in in a bar of all places, you yeah. know, brewery and tap I, room. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but even yes, brewery tap room. Sure. Yeah. It is a place where you drink alcohol, but there is a familial aspect to it where they invite people 
into what is going on there, Mm -hmm. you know, um, about being a part of something. Um, it's good. It's good. And that's why I'm drinking bike rack beer right now, you know, Mm -hmm. is because it's these humans that I care about and want to be a part of the lives of that. I sit and I drink bike rack beer and sit there for an hour and talk to Morgan or talk to Kyle or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I love it's it too. So good. Clearly we're both a part of this yes. and we both love it. So come to trivia on Thursday nights and we have karaoke every other Saturday night in the summer, in the summer, not right now, not right now, but trivia, do that thing. Trivia is fun. We're fun. We right. get paid. So show up. If you show up, we get paid. This has been an advertisement for bike rack. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen and move on. Uh-huh. Next. Um, well, within this section of talking about community um, more interpersonally, we have kind of the collaborative sense of interpersonal relationships. We don't, you know, it's not always, it's not just a sense of belonging, but it's, hey, let's let's work together. Let's create something together and let me help you be better at what you do and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones we can talk about is J.R. Magos. So she runs the kick-ass CEO roundtable, swear warning. And <laughs> she she orchestrates all those people and networks all those connections. And not in like a phony way, but a way that says, hey, I am trying to understand how um, I can get customers to my more therapeutic um, yoga that I'm doing. Right. And, you know, have you thought of actually connecting it so that insurance covers it? You know, like just even just very like business-like stuff that still makes interpersonal relationships mutually beneficial. Right. Where do I promote my chocolate? Yeah. So that people see it and buy it and also bring revenue to your coffee shop. Right. For example. And it's, yeah. So speaking of like, that's Mauricio, like Mauricio with 211 Cafe. Uh huh. And yeah, he, he's in that CEO kick ass roundtable. Yeah. Well, when you talk about collaboration, the one thing that comes to mind, which is interesting in my brain because it kind of marries this sense of belonging, which with this sense of collaboration, uh, is the Northwest Arkansas Roller Derby team. Yeah. It's it's a group of men and women, both, um, but primarily women, who work at everything from white-collar jobs at the university to... Being a programmer at home. To working in food service or whatever. Yeah. Anything and everything. These people from different backgrounds and different walks of life uh, showing up on a Sunday afternoon to say, hey, let's practice pushing each other over uh, (laughs) to run a jam like uh, in this really strange sport that I still don't know if I understand, Peyton. But it's adult sports fascinate me. I think it's really great that people, uh, despite aging out of childhood, still embody competition in a 
game sort of way, not just in a corporate sort of like I have to do better sales than you or whatever it is. But like I'm gonna hit you. That people I'm gonna are... ram my body into yours <laughs> and knock yours over. I mean, this goes for roller derby, this goes for ultimate frisbee, this goes for backyard football. Um it goes for all of it. Where there's still like a competitive competitive spirit about it, but it is we do this thing together because we love each other and we love this game um the the sense that different people can come together to create something good like a roller derby team or whatever is a lot of fun like the aspect collaboration always seems or can seem at times very like we have to get something done we have to execute this action we have to do this job where collaboration sometimes means like there are five of us on a roller derby rink and we are just gonna smash the crap out of the other team because we are family that to me is a lot of fun Mm -hmm. that to me is so good that we have still in adulthood a sense of childlike competition and love of the game right um it's it's great and it's really healthy for collaborative team building, getting to know someone who's unlike yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of getting to know people <laughs> that are unlike yourself, um, but also like with a deep sense of connection, uh-huh. um, I think of that's what she said. So this kind of transcends both the collaborative and interpersonal and the belonging interpersonal yeah. because it's, just embarrassing stories it's uh-huh. <laughs> stories that just oh man like nobody ever wants to tell in their sure. entire lives and they get on a stage and they've been doing this for four seasons they're on their fourth season in which by the way their season is a year and so they've been mm-hmm. telling embarrassing stories about themselves for four years yeah in a public setting <laughs> um but just like the camaraderie around that, the belonging, mm-hmm. and also they don't they don't just get up there and tell stories. It's weeks and weeks of vetting stories, and it's it's the adults telling the storytelling that becomes a discipline. It becomes something that you work on and craft. It that one's that one's interesting to me because it's both. It's both belonging and collaboration. Yeah, yeah. and they do such good work. Peyton. Yeah. Oh man, the work that Lee and Amber do, the fact that we got to sit down and talk with them was just so exciting to hear that process mm-hmm. of how do you craft hone a good story in a semi-private setting sure. where you're talking to a couple of people and really sharpening that knife so that when you get on stage it really cuts to the heart and you feel emotions but also laugh to the point of tears it's good stuff it's so funny it's so good i'm amber forbes is my comedic kryptonite like she oh my gosh i i hope she's listening to this because it is she is the funniest person ever to me can can we just say that this podcast has given us the opportunity to talk to what I guess you and I have both found some of our favorite people. Oh yeah. In this community, which we, once again, we'll come back to later. Of course. But 
man, oh man, even just having this conversation, I'm like grinning from ear to ear, just thinking about the experiences and conversations that we've had in the last year. And people like Amber Forbes are to blame for that because she is Peyton's comedic kryptonite. I said it, I spoke it into existence. And it now exists as extant in the world forever. Anyway, Peyton, do you think we've talked about enough of collaboration and belonging beaten it into the ground now that we've had as a team as a personally <laughs> we collaborate as we together beating it into the ground we do have one last thing we're going to talk about which is self-development uh which is really neat because we've got some we've talked to some really incredible people about inner development development of self so yeah with self-development i mean that that is such a common theme throughout a lot of people we've interviewed because you know as as people create as people involve themselves in their community as people grow in relationship with one another they naturally learn how to um whether it be discipline themselves themselves or just the way they act or just kind of learn things about themselves mm -hmm. and how they function and operate as you know, they learn as they go. And so this is again, such a common theme. I do think this is one in the list of that we have community interpersonal and self. I think this is the one thing that I struggle with the most as a person is I find as an extrovert, I find it really easy to interact with people in spaces and as at times an intellectual find it easy to consider the goings on going ons goings on anyway of the greater community and how do i invest how do i think about the ways i could invest in my community i think when i start thinking about self-development is where i reach a lot of blockades um because i don't take well I don't take good care of myself a lot of times. Sure. Um, so I think this is the one point where I, Zach, have the most trouble and probably have learned the most in the last year um, talking to people about how does one develop the self? How does one develop... Uh, how, do, how does Zach develop Zach and learn about Zach and create a healthier Zach to go out into the community? So with that being said, Peyton, why don't you kick us off an example? <laughs> because you have story. trouble with this. Zach is hurting right now. Well, Zach has said Zach a lot of times, and this third yeah, person wow. thing has really hurt Zach a lot. Well, Peyton's going to go ahead and talk so Zach doesn't have to say his name anymore. Zach's going to take a nap. Well, <laughs> Peyton over here, um, I'm the opposite. I'm fairly introspective. I'm fairly um, living in my head type mm -hmm. of person, and... I'm less on the how do I engage my community. And so the opposite has been true. Learning how to mm. be politically involved, learning how to um, create change and create new things around me has been an exercise for me. So, gotcha. But I'm glad to talk about the self because one thing that comes up to me a lot and at, at just the bare minimum of the concept is I'm going to go back to Jay. I think of sitting mindfulness. for 30 minutes was just mind-blowing to me. So... I remember just lasting sometimes two minutes um, practicing my breath and just sitting down and just can't do it anymore. And just um, 
just being bothered by the fact that I just can sit there. And but it really wasn't into 2012 when I discovered mindfulness that it's it's more about awareness and and being awake instead of going in this deep silence and trying to quiet your mind, um, which is regular meditation. Mindfulness is more about being aware. It, it aligned more with me as a human being, right? Because I didn't have to find this silence in my head. I could embrace my thoughts and my emotions and just pay attention and, and becoming aware. So it's it's very difficult. Yeah, That is like something that has basically just permeated all of my interactions with this podcast is to be mindful of it, is to be where I am when I interview, be genuinely interested in who we're interviewing. And that's not that hard, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> they're all cool and great, but just being able to be mindful of where I am and my purpose and what I'm doing. Right. And being able to take a step back from a situation and be able to look at it, that at its very base element has been very helpful to me in my mm. personal development, just in interacting with the world, but also processing things within myself. Yeah. Do you think in a mindfulness sort of setting, like realigning your mind towards mindfulness, what do you think you've um, gained in, in that? Well, not being so much a slave to just my instinct, I guess, uh -huh. when it comes to um, whether it be emotion or negative thoughts or whatever it may be, mm. that's been really helpful to say, hey, I might just be biologically reacting here. Like sure. just my amygdala is on fire and I'm just really angry about this thing or I can't get my mind off of this thing. So let's take a step back. Okay, what matters? You know, mm. being able to assess the situation and saying like, does this matter? I'm going to push it away with kindness, as Jay would say. Yeah. And continue being mindful about the things I should be mindful about. Yeah. So, and it's, it's not, it's not mindfulness 500. It's sure. mindfulness 101. It's or mindfulness if, light. Or LTE. Yeah, light, <laughs> LTE. Yeah. It's, it's just my, my small way of trying to just interact with the world and myself better. Yeah. And that's just been constructive for me. Yeah, for sure. It may be recent, but I think the thing when we talk about personal work and personal development and even like a mindfulness sort of approach to the world and the and a mindfulness approach to the work that we do in the world, I can't help but going back to Monica Jordan's interview. Um who's an art teacher and an artist herself. Um, but she talked about having conversations with her students about their art. And she asked them a series of driving questions. And in that moment, I was really interested in what do you mean driving questions? When you say driving questions, what do you mean? Um, which at the moment she in the moment she was brief about what that was. But this idea of driving questions has stuck in, in the back of my brain and has just screwed itself into place of what are the driving questions of your life, Zach? What are the things that cause you to get up out of bed? What are the things that cause you to go to work? What are the things that get you to do the things 
you feel compelled to do in 2018. Um, and I think that's probably with the turn of the year, that was the thing that I was considering. It wasn't so much resolutions, but it was asking myself questions of what are the things you care to invest in? And what are the things that you want to promote, share, create in the following year? And what are the, what are the best, I'm going to try to use art terms here. What are the best materials to approach that concept? What are the best ways, the best actions to take to have better communication with your brother who lives states away? What is the best way to interact with your long lost friends from high school? What is the better way to create a podcast that shares your heart and the love of this area with other people? Um, driving questions at the turn of the year were a, and continue to be a big part of what are the important questions and how do I address the important questions of my own life? Um, and how, what are the ways in which I engage those questions? Um, so for me, thinking about personal development, Monica's conversation, while not explicitly about personal development, those are, that's what comes to mind in my brain. Well, I'm glad you brought up Monica's interview because there is that driving questions aspect and like what motivates you and what pushes you forward. But also there's this element of art is work. That is something that we established in that episode. And mm -hmm. it's something that when we talked to Dylan Dooms, who's an artist as well, he talked about the days where he would work the night shift and he would, um, I forget if he would just stay up or go to sleep and wake up before a shift, but he would yeah. do daily doodles. And when he first said that, I was like, haha, daily doodles, whatever. And then he said it was two hours a day, a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like that's, that's so much. Yeah. And this kind of blends with something that actually my boss is pretty heavy on. So I'm going to cheat and go outside of our episodes. Perfect. But um, she has a quote on her desk that says discipline is remembering what you want hmm. and how important that is of just art is work. Getting yourself to be creative is a working process and disciplining yourself to be creative is, is hard work. Yeah. Also you got to put in the hours. Like you have to put in your two hour daily doodles and you have to remember with those driving questions, discipline is remembering what you want. That is the motivator that keeps you disciplined. It keeps you constantly pushing forward, even when you don't want to, and you get tired and you just want to watch Netflix yeah. or replay a video game. Yeah. Those are situations in my life. Yeah. But all those tied together and just discipline. Mm -hmm. And it's, that is something I lack so heavily is I don't know how to discipline myself. And so those three concepts together really helps me find my way to discipline myself. Yeah, man. I know we're going maybe a little bit long on the personal development thing, but there's still, you talk about Dylan and the conversation around discipline. And for whatever reason, my brain jumps to that conversation with Dayton hmm. about you know, having a brain tumor and, um, not knowing where this brain tumor goes. 
going back to times I almost cried on the podcast. <laughs> um, the conversation, um, maybe not even about like being an astronaut or whatever, but this conversation that sprung out of that was taking the mundane and making it sacred. Oh, Peyton. Good God, Peyton. Um, so good. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about like a day in day out practice of like really leaning into what you're doing, um, or even just being an adult who exists in the world and goes to work and then goes and invests in friends and invests in family and has some entertainment and fills their schedule up is mindful of their world. Um, the mundane creeps in like things do become mundane and that's, that's okay. That's fine. Things will be mundane. Um, but talking to Dayton as he is reminiscing on these could be my last days, you know, suddenly a haircut, uh, suddenly a haircut becomes sacrament, right? Suddenly you have a sacred within the mundane, a, this is worth doing and this is worth living for because it enlivens, it em brings light to my own life. Mm -hmm. And it's stuff that is walking down the street with your kid, you know, for yeah. Dayton, you know, or getting in a CAT scan or whatever. That to me was so powerful of how do we take the mundane and convert it into a a sacrament, a beautiful, holy experience of I am alive right now and I get to experience the moment, which circles back around to Jay's thing of just yeah. being mindful, but valuing the moment and not, yes, it's mundane, but for whatever reason, it is also beautiful and alive and sacred and, Thank you, Dayton, for like saying that because I think I needed that. I think I needed that like profundity to the daily blah. Well, the funniest thing about that is that he said that in a Fayetteville TED talk and he's like, everyone cried. I don't know why. It's like, shut up. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I was in the audience and I was crying. Yes. Yes. And I was like, this is the most beautiful thing of integrating art and meaning and like uh -huh. all of this together. Uh -huh. And he's like, I don't know. It was just a, those are just thoughts I normally have. I'm like, all right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so not thoughts I normally have. So thank you for sharing that. Uh -huh. Peyton, we have talked a lot about the self and I blame myself quite a bit for our long conversation about that. But let's just, can we take a minute and just talk about the podcast over the last year and how it's affected you, Peyton, how it's affected me, Zach, in just doing this weird, strange yeah, communication digitally on the internet, out of dust thing. Yeah, do you do you want to go first? <sighs> go Man. for it. I'm I'm a little bit emotionally overwhelmed right now because I think I spun myself out into uh, what are your driving questions and what is sacred to you? You might have. Maybe a lot, um, which is really good. But over the last year, um, 
I, Zach, have set aside time in my life um, to talk to people that I would not normally talk to. Um, I, Zach, have sat down with a really great friend of mine to make a plan, something I'm not very good at, sit down. I know. Make a plan, <laughs> execute a plan, um, and create something that will exist forever, whether in the annals of infamy or in the annals of forgotten media at a time when podcasts were popular. Um, but to look back and say, I, without... No one told me to go make that. No one told me to go do that thing. You, as an individual, saw a need, and now a year later you look back and you see that you've got 50 hours worth of content that you produced because you felt like it needed to be out in the world. That, to me, is so exciting. And I've learned so much. I mean, I'm looking at this list that Peyton and I have made for this weird review podcast. But I'm looking at it thinking like, these are all co real conversations that I had with real people who exist in Northwest Arkansas who are now my friends and companions and collaborators in making a better Northwest Arkansas or in sharing in this experience of existing in the year 2018 in this small corner of the world and doing something, creating something, being a part of something. It's, it's an incredible feeling. And I'm so like, I am so thankful to be a part of this with you, Peyton. And I'm so thankful that we have people who sit and listen to this and approach us and say, Hey, thanks for doing this. I appreciated this. This sucked, whatever. <laughs> it's great. And then freaking to turn around and go host trivia or go host karaoke or go host live events like Meg's Meg Meredith's book launch and just MC that thing because you can uh, and get to share like a creative thing with other people in this area doing good stuff. It's good for the soul, like mm. to get out of your house and do something. And it's, Man, it has been an incredible year, and I am so thankful for our listeners, and I'm thankful for you, Peyton, and I'm thankful for Elise, who's not here, and all the people who have made this possible. It's it's a blessing like to do this and get to be a part of this, and I'm so thankful for our people that we got to talk to. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to shut up now. No, you're allowed it's to be so thankful. Good. It's okay. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Have I stalled enough for you to go ahead and get your thoughts together? Um, whew, I don't know if I can get my thoughts together. Um, when I moved here, I thought that this place was going to suck. Mm -hmm. I thought um, it was like a ticking time bomb of like, how long until I get out of here? Yeah. Um, and I just remember just like in, in my first month here, um, no, I actually remember my first week I moved here. Um, I remember driving around Bentonville because that's where I live mm -hmm. and it was before my job had started and I was like, I can do whatever I want here. I can be whoever I want here. I can, 
interact with this community how I want. I can explore it. Um, I can be a part of it. I can build it. Like it, there was just some very intangible magic yeah. that I felt my first week here that I'm like, I really don't know what it is. No idea, but I'm really happy to be here. And so sure enough, living here, um, I mean, like the first month or two, I didn't really know anybody. Yeah. And I gravitated towards generally young people in my office and um, then went to bike rack a few too many times and, uh -huh. um, and slowly but surely got to know people. And, and eventually I met Zach and we became friends and probably after like two months of being friends... <laughs> Zach had, Zach had sent some podcasts my way and I was sitting at work and I was listening to it. Um, and I wasn't just, um, it wasn't just by the fact they had sent me podcasts, but I was listening to, it was a Rob Bell podcast and he was talking about how, you know, being embedded in a community is important and it's in a society of just being takers being embedded in a community is very important. And in order to, he gave like an anecdote about how even after being in a community for so long, um, it took him like eight years to actually have a voice on something in his community hmm. and how sticking in a community um, is valuable for you. It's valuable for the community um, and contributing to a community is so valuable and enriching. And I was listening to this podcast and that Zach recommended and like Zach came over to play Pokemon tournament. Cause that's what we were doing at the time. <laughs> we were playing video games. <laughs> and I was like, Zach, like, why don't we like make a podcast? Like I, I think this area is fantastic and magical. And I think there are a lot of cool people and we could just interview them. It'd be an excuse to talk to cool people yep. and just hear their stories and be inspired by them. And Zach, of course, was like, I've been thinking about this for two years. Um, and it, the thing is, um, you know, we got started in January. Um, but the thing is, I, during this entire time that I moved here, I was actually dealing with um, like a good amount of like depression hmm. and stuff that I hadn't dealt with um, medically. And I was just figuring out that I needed help and all that culminated in like a really bad um, kind of like panic attack in January. And that's when we launched. That is when Hey Hey NWA launched. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know it was up mental health wise, but I was trying to figure things out like this anxiety, depression kind of business and um, all the while, like keeping a podcast afloat. And um, the podcast gave, gives me a lot of motivation that I'm like doing good in the world and like have more of a purpose here than just kind of existing or thinking that I'm worthless as depression tends to tell you. Yeah. And so it, it was so helpful and instrumental um, through those times where I was cycling through different medications and not knowing which way is up and battling thoughts of worthlessness and being able to have friends along the way there and meeting new people like Elise that also wanted to do it and um, getting involved in Northwest Arkansas in, you know, in a community sense and in a personal sense and then growing in a self sense, like all of that, like really helped me develop as a person. And 
And like, I'm a lot better now. And I don't know if things will, you know, be worse in the future, but like the podcast has helped me a lot just in getting purpose and um, investing in my community. And now I want to be the person that stays in a community for eight years in order to eventually make a decision that helps the community for the better. Yeah. That's the kind of person I want to be. And so that that's really motivating to me. And so the podcast as a whole has just really impacted me in that way. And I love doing it and I'm going to keep doing it, man. It's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all that, man. That was like (laughs) a lot. It was so good though. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Oh man. It was very chronological. I also had no idea that Rob Bell had anything to do with it. I didn't know it was because I haven't listened to much of his podcast, but like that episode really stuck out to me for some odd reason. Whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway. Let's do some like fun stuff now. Let's just like Deal. God. Lots of emotions. Very good. Let's talk about you you and I, Peyton, have done a ton of interviews and stuff. We've also done this weird thing called Local Lowdown where we hang out with our friend Elise um, and basically make recommendations to each other of fun stuff. So I think for the end of this episode, we're going to play back some of our favorite clips from the Local Lowdown uh, local lowdowns plural and uh some of the stuff that just made us laugh a whole lot all right local lowdown time local let's, lowdown. let's talk about the fun times because these were weird times but they're <laughs> so fun <laughs> this oh. has been okay so the local lowdown has been while the interviews have been great or whatever the local lowdown has been one of my favorite things that we've done because it just consists of Peyton and I and Elise sitting down and goofing around for 30 to 45 minutes. And I don't know how I've not, how I've missed that two of the funniest people in my life are like people that I now do a podcast with. We're a bunch of idiots. We are. That's the thing. We are a bunch of idiots. And it's been so good because we get to like, it's given us the opportunity to go to explore Northwest Arkansas and enjoy all the things that it has to give restaurants and places to hang out and people to meet and whatever we say in the episode. Cause we never say it the same every time. We never say it the same. It's been a great time to tell stories and goof around. Well, but the thing is, if we're talking about like Northwest Arkansas's development and personal development, backtracking a little, this local lowdown thing has given me like an internal timer to every two weeks do something new. Uh-huh. I have no idea what it is, but just every two weeks, my brain is like, hey, you know what you need to do? You need to go somewhere completely different for dinner. Like, go to Rogers right now. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, let's go. And just to completely try something new and mm. stalk Facebook for events and whatever it may be. That's just what I'm doing now. It's now in my DNA uh-huh. thanks to the local lowdown. Yeah. It's great. And I think sneak peek of our upcoming season, but I think leisure list will probably be my, the thing that I exploit to find new things for local lowdown. Oh yeah. Um, but anyway, leisure list, go check out the app. It's really great. It's how you typically spell leisure and list, except for there's no E at the end of leisure and it's all one word. There you go. Anyway, it's all about Northwest Arkansas stuff. Very exciting. Anyway, yeah, it's it also gives me this 
deep anxiety and dread that I'm not going to have found something by the time we record the episode <laughs> that I'm going to show up. And I've done a couple of times shown up and been like, Oh Jesus, where, what did I do in the last two weeks? That's worth talking about. Um, yeah, it gets you out of your apartment from watching Black Mirror over and over again. It's very, it's a very good show, and I would argue that Black Mirror is universal and definitely applies to Northwest Arkansas. Anyway, let's anyway. turn through our some of our favorite moments on the local lowdown. Do you want to start? Yes. Where to start? Okay. Uh, and it is recent, um, mm. but we had our Thanksgiving episode, Peyton, and. Um, we were talking about things that we were thankful for. Um, and here's a little bit of so you have your what I was talking about. And here They're is Peyton's response. No, chicken and dumplings, Peyton. Are you familiar with chicken and dumplings? You don't know what chicken and dumplings are. No, I know what dumplings are and I know what chicken is. And you just have them both together. You've like, never had chicken and dumplings. I guess not together. Okay. I've had chicken in dumplings. No. Okay. What do you mean? No. This is wild. I have I didn't know that you didn't. Hold on. Dumplings. Hold on. hold on. But dumplings are literally just like you take a piece of dough and you wrap it around something. It doesn't need to be not chicken. But there's a dish called chicken and dumplings in which you take boiled chicken and chicken broth with pieces of dough like that um, that are cooked in this broth and. I can't believe you. They don't wrap around. No, it? no, 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 no. What am I thinking of? Peyton. Then? Okay, I, I'll be right back, listeners. I'm showing picture a picture of chicken and dumplings to Peyton. Okay, I'm not. Oh yeah, I've seen that dish. That's chicken and dumplings. Zach runs back to the microphone. I'm back at my own mic. I'm losing my mind over here. Because Peyton, you and me both, you've never eaten chicken and dumplings. Apparently not. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This, this is why we do this. We recommend things to oh each other. Oh, my God. That's fine. This is the way it's supposed to be. I I, I concede the point that dumplings, yes, generally are okay. this, which you've pulled up on my phone. I'm not trying to be right. I'm just trying to understand yes. things and trying to understand if my life is a lie. I don't your, know. Your life, out. your life is not a lie. Your life is just lacking. Half-truths. Your life is just lacking chicken and dumplings, which is which is the life source of the universe. I'm As someone sure. who grew up in the South, I had no idea that people who grew up in different parts of the South, i.e. Dallas, I'm so sorry, didn't know what chicken and dumplings were. Um, oh my gosh! It is absurd to me that there were there's like a demographic of people. That don't know what chicken and dumplings Somehow were. in my brain, it's still categorized as like an Asian food, and I don't know how. Which I guess is forgivable. It is, <laughs> I guess it's forgivable. But this is, this is an important question, though, Peyton. Oh, okay. <laughs> Since that conversation, have you had chicken and dumplings? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry, we've na made no personal development or growth over the last year. If, yeah, that, if I cannot oh, talk Peyton into eating chicken and dumplings, then I guess we have not made any, you need to work on your influencing and I need to work on taking instructions. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's been one of my favorite moments was discovering that my best friend here didn't know that one of my favorite food groups, um, 
didn't know it existed. Um, that was a great revelation and a terrible revelation, um, but entertaining nonetheless. Oh, it was good. Peyton. And it was so genuine. Peyton, what has been one of your favorite moments that we've had in the local lowdown? Oh, I have so many. Um, oh, man, I, I almost can't decide what to go with. Um, okay. So one of them is the one where I talked about floating the river and oh. talked about how when there's five people, one oh. of them is always the devil. <laughs> And the blend of that conversation uh-huh. mixed with the, hey, you know what? I think I think that was the one where I talked about like grilled cheeses until I die. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. So I talked, I embarrassed myself and I've already shared this, so I don't care anymore. Uh-huh. But I went to a wedding and ate so much grilled cheese that I threw up. <laughs> At the end of our senior year, like seriously, the last hurrah of our senior year was a friend's wedding. And for their food, for the wedding, they got this gourmet food grilled cheese food truck to cater the wedding what it was it was amazing from where where do you find a gourmet grilled cheese food truck i don't know like the chicago metropolitan area is pretty um i guess stocked with the best only the best um only the best food trucks i guess yeah i'm just making stuff up at this point it's in the chicagoland area i remember this is like tmi but like Uh i like puked at that wedding because i ate too much grilled cheese oh my i'm not even joking gracious I, at first i'm like oh it's because i've drank too much alcohol and i was like no absolutely <laughs> not i would forego alcohol for the grilled cheese and just get the grilled cheese and it was just like open everything is so good open yeah. food open bar, bar grilled o- cheese <laughs> o- grilled cheese edition mm, it was so good yikes dude that's terrifying yeah i have no maybe grilled cheese aren't for you maybe you that was <laughs> is that like your? no the problem is they were all for me i had to try all of them so is grilled cheese now your death dish like no it's can't that's, eat it that's, anymore it's so good that even though it's made me sick <laughs> and I will just the combination of like i'm gonna die by grilled cheese mm-hmm. and you know if i die with five people maybe one of us the devil is the devil was just a lot to handle uh-huh. just as a whole um i don't i don't know you just gotta listen to the episode yourself it's the cheesy funeral it's a lot to handle there's in these local lowdowns i continually find there okay so thematically a couple of things come out here we go peyton always sings at the beginning of an episode. If you listen back, Peyton is always singing some song or some iteration of some song during the episode. Hey, Northwest Arkansas, how are you today? It is I, Peyton Finley, your singing voice of the day of the podcast. What? And I just keep going. What is that? Um, I did not know this was true. Yep, I'm so, learning something. Yes, you are. Um, so sometimes we talk about Rihanna and Battleship by the Rihanna <laughs> Battleship, Battleship also by Rihanna. Um, and then there's also the common and frequent, uh, mention of LL Cool J. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been. And Elise and Zach are like, you've said this joke before. Yes, he has. Um, Always. Just go back and listen. Peyton often quotes pop singers, which I enjoy very much. Also, I just like quoting our 
local lowdown song. Yes. It's a local letdown. It's a letdown and it's local. <laughs> and that's Elise. Like I'm I'm singing Elise's yes. lyrics. And then there's also Peyton without fail always brings an incredibly funny story about something. It's always none of them are related or like character like categorized by like a specific point in Peyton's life where he was doing particularly wild things. I mean, that's we, the point is that I was not doing wild things, which is the story, which is, it's just a sad story. We got everything from going to the teen club that smelled like teens, teen must to, uh, almost getting your hand run over by Austin uh, Horka's ice skate, <laughs> ice skates, um, at a junior high birthday party. Um, to one of my personal favorites, the ghost hunting story oh in Eureka Springs. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you showed up with a story about a man who used his phone as a, a ghost hunting app, app. Yeah. was maybe my favorite story that you've told on the podcast. And I loved it so much. So here's a bit of that story for you. He's like, I used to be a paranormal investigator in Houston. And I'm like, oh, wow, this guy must be legit. Um, then proceeds to pull out his iPhone to pull up an app to detect ghosts. I'm done. I'm done. Now, oh. I am no paranormal expert. But somebody is not programming an app so that your camera somehow turns into a ghost detector. There were two apps that I saw on this tour. One of them looked like a sonar radar, like you were in a freaking submarine. Um, another one was just like an inverted filter for your camera. <laughs> like and, that. You and it, have... was it Snapchat and it just put scary <laughs> filters on people? I thought it was Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. And the thing is, I was so open-minded at the beginning. I was like, this woman definitely like knows what she's talking about. Like, sure, she's had experiences. I can't take those away from her. Um, but I'm trying. <laughs> and then Harley Davidson comes around and is like, I caught it with a Pokeball. And I'm like, I am out. I cannot do this. Yeah, I'm so that was a good story. Um, it was much funnier when I was on the tour because you have to contain the laughter. Sure. Um one of okay i i gotta say another one of my favorites and it wasn't just because of the episode itself but no. it was because of the meta narrative happening sure so we zach and i went to uh, a live recording of the critical feminist podcast lean oh, back man yeah and it's a great time listen to lean back we will eventually have them on this podcast but we we uh, get done listening to them after we approach them. We're like, hey, we're doing a podcast too. And they're like, oh, great. And so we meet up with them and Lee, who's a member of That's What She Said. And we all grab beers after. And we we talk to them after. And they're like, hey, so um, what's your podcast? And we're talking about it. And like, yeah, just listen to an episode. Like, you know, listen to the latest episode. We have better sound quality <laughs> oh, there. yes. I remember this now. And then we leave. And probably the next day... Well, I'm just living my life at work. I realize, oh crap, the last episode. <laughs> the last episode we recorded was called This One's for the Ladies. And it was. <laughs> and 
there's an episode on all of our joke events for bikes, blues, and barbecue for ladies. And it was probably, I remember this episode because on one of our transitions, you lean away from the microphone and you scream, this is such a bad theme. (laughs) (laughs) Which it was. And there were probably so many terrible things, Mm -hmm. feminist-wise, that we said during that episode. Very sexist. That we were joking about. Yes. For sure. But we just told the critical feminist podcast, hey, go listen to the latest episode of Hey, Hey, NBA, BTW, oh, man, this one's this for the ladies. This the context we're framing around this conversation. <laughs> hey, hey, ladies out there, do the things that we're about to recommend because they're going to be r- real fun for... This one's for my girls. Where are my girls at? Where are my girls at? I'm putting my ha- hand next to my ear. Where are my girls at? That was the funniest thing. And I swear we're not sexist. <laughs> Oh it was, my god. It was That's... so bad and I really hope we actually get them back on. Hopefully they don't hate us. If we haven't scared them off yet, we will see. Man. Oh. There's just so many good things. Anyway, also, okay, so another thing that has come out um which is emblematic or which is exemplified by one of our episodes. I think we allude to the hundreds of other podcasts that we do um, <laughs> consistently on the episode. If we don't epi- open an episode with Peyton singing a song, we immediately reference a different podcast that we definitely do and create and put on the internet. You mean my patreon.com backslash B Street Boys PCast by P Finley? I mean, yes, that one, but yes, which was an episode. But then there was like three or four other ones that was like oops that's my other podcast that we also like reference to and never ever ever return to which and is such a... like weird ones it's like well, how many people i killed podcast oh sorry that's not this podcast how many how much cheeto dust can i get on my fingers before i can't open my phone anymore because it can't read my thumbprint <laughs> podcast no, that's not one. That's not one. That's not a podcast. No one makes that podcast. We do that often, I think. <laughs> Listeners, we only have one podcast. We're, we're true and faithful to you. And it's freaking trash. <laughs> this is it. This is the one thing that Peyton and I do. If, if perhaps you would like to hear a different style of podcast from Peyton and I, please let us know because we are willing and able to do a plethora, a menagerie of other podcasts. If you're interested, we'll talk about anything. Of course. Of course. We will talk about how Peyton got a haircut today. So we will talk about how to get your hair in shape, how to get those eyebrows Mm. on fleek. That is a six-month-old meme, and I just used it. That may be another thing. We are like seven kings. We are like seven and a half years out of date constantly. With our references. I remember there was one local lowdown where you and Elise went back and forth about the, there's a YouTube video about Nietzsche and you guys back and forth for a good two minutes. And I was just silent. I think that that particular YouTube video is from 2008 um, and it's called Nietzsche and it's about this um, nature explorer who just wants to share how nature is with his viewers um it's very good and here we are back again to our old tricks 
and traits reviewing YouTube videos on the podcast that we do for a very specific audience. Probably came out the <laughs> time I almost got my hand cut in half by Pro- Austin Horka with Pro- Ice Skate. Probably. Peyton, we've talked for a very, very long time at this point. Yeah, maybe we should stop talking. Maybe we should stop talking. Let's stop talking. Anyway, listeners, I really hope you've gotten to the end of this. This is probably a very long episode at this point. Absolutely. We're very thankful for you. Um, I actually pulled a metric recently, and if if one of you were to listen to the podcast um, as much as you guys have, you'd be listening for a half of a year, which is nuts. Whoa. Yeah, that's Whoa. a real metric that we have. Wow. So we're really thankful for your listenership, and um, if you come up to us and say, hey, you do a cool podcast, we really appreciate that. That's like a really big deal. Yeah. And it's good to know that not just our moms listen to this bad boy. And they do listen to it. Which they do. My mom has fallen off the wagon a little bit, actually. I think my mom has, too. Okay. Well, that's how we know the followership is real. So, thank you so much for listening. And we've got a lot to bring to you in 2018. So, we're excited with the connections that we've built in 2017. And we've done a lot of cool stuff. But things are only getting better. Yeah. If you don't know... Keep up with us on Facebook. We'll be sharing all that stuff there. We have an Instagram account. You know what we also have? Peyton, Peyton, make that announcement. Drop it on them. Tell them what we got. We have a Snapchat. We're millennials. I'm so excited for this because I, if you think the local lowdown is weird, welcome to my Snapchat life. Peyton is a true professional at Snapchat. As someone who is friends with Peyton on Snapchat... Peyton is incredible at Snapchat, so follow us on Snapchat, because it's going to get buck wild yes. on there. Well, and you'll get really confused really fast, because Zach, Elise, and I will all have access, and we live in different places, and so you'll just see snaps of different places. And we have different aesthetics, and mm-hmm. we have... And... So, if you'd like the name of that Snapchat, that is just straight up Hey Hey and WA, with no spaces, or underscores, or anything. It's just, We claimed it. It is Hey Hey and WA. Did it. That's our bad boy. And then we're also redoing our Patreon page. You can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash heyheynwa. We have restructured all of our levels. It was confusing at first, and we have fixed all that, so it makes sense. It is much more simple now. Um, There are only a few levels, and it's much better. We're coming out with merch soon. Mm -hmm. uh, Not tattoos. Wow. Shh, not tattoos yet, but listen. Vinyl stickers and t-shirts and all sorts of stuff. We're really excited about it. We're going to get that churned out here shortly. Um, Yeah, keep up with us on all of our social media stuff. Um, And thank you guys so much for listening. It's been a great year, and I'm excited to see what the next year has for us. And that is most definitely the jam. Peyton? What's up? Should we come up with a new sign-off? For the new year? We should, but we got to get some interviews under our belt. Here we go. Hi, I'm back. Peyton and I had to take a pee break. This is something new for season three, is that we will now be taking a break mid-podcast uh, so that Peyton and I can use the restroom. Um, be- because before now, we have been having uninterrupted conversation Um, without any sort of restroom reprise. And in this new season, we will be taking bathroom breaks. 
which I'm very excited about. <laughs> a really new, de- a new development in the podcast, I'll say. A real innovation uh, is trips to the restroom, to the washroom. Trips to the west womb. <laughs> and uh, now we're back to do the body of the podcasts.